0: what is up everybody welcome back to the big dudes in the trenches podcast i'm big ben i'm joined here with tug and uh doug might be back from mexico but he brought a little sickness with him so he's not here with us today so so doug is is
1: one might say down with the sickness
0: yeah he couldn't drive 55 on the way there and
1: yeah now he's down with the sickness so
0: uh doug we hope you get better man uh i know I know you feel like shit right now, and uh, yeah. yeah, just just get well soon. Send some uh, send some good vibes his way if you got a you got an extra second too. But that's not going to stop us. We're here. We're going to talk about a lot of football that happened this
1: past weekend. It was it was another great weekend of football. Suffice to say, it was it was. Although I think uh, some matchups in the SEC have you a little bit depressed, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Not as depressed as uh,
0: as the trench ratings, but yeah, like you said, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. So let's get started. Let's kick the show off like we always do with some NFL news.
1: Tug, take us away. All right. Hey, guys, we got a laundry list of news out of the NFL this week, starting with the Houston Texans. Uh, they have fired their vice president of football operations, Jack Easterby. Uh, honestly, this was the last piece left. If you're going to start rebuilding your program they fired the gm a couple years ago they fired the coach last year yeah it was time uh so they they need something else and it's the vp of football operations
0: yeah he's been a subject of a lot of controversy these past couple years especially around a lot of this deshaun watson debacle that kind of took place there so it's not surprising to see him finally out uh with the houston texans a lot of fans and Football minds, commentators have said Jack Easterby is really what's been holding this team back. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to be able to do without him there.
1: Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the question is, why did it take them this long? But that's all going to be speculation. Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions and a lot of feelings
0: involved in that answer, I think. So uh, <laughs> I'm just not going to touch it.
1: Uh, just suffice to say, the Houston Texans are definitely better off without Jack Easterby there. All right, moving on. We've got the Carolina Panthers who are going into full rebuild mode. Apparently, they are not shopping him, but they are listening to offers for CMC. I got to say it's about time. Uh, honestly, they for both of them, I think they both need to move on from Carolina. Uh, and Carolina needs to move on from Christian McCaffrey at this point. Um, but he is on the block. They are fielding offers. Do you think anything happens?
0: The price they're asking is absolutely insane. They would need multiple first-round picks from what I've seen. Do they get it? I don't know. I've seen a few crazy things thrown out there that maybe even the Giants of all teams would be one of the ones uh, interested in this. I don't see that happening. I've said for a few years the Giants need to go draft a solid running back because of Saquon Barkley's injury history getting Christian McCaffrey in a trade that involves multiple first-round picks is not the move that they need to make if that's something they want to pursue. And I
1: to that end, I, Barkley's been amazing and healthy this yeah, year. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I would say the one that scares me the most and is also probably the most realistic is CMC to the Bills, uh, which would be an absolute perfect fit because they don't like to run. Uh, so you just gave Josh Allen another weapon that's a receiving running back. That's absolutely scary.
0: I also saw um, somebody throw out the Rams. Uh, as a potential landing spot and that that doesn't make a lot of sense Daryl Henderson has been fantastic and then Malcolm Brown uh when he comes in is a very welcome addition to kind of mix up that backfield I don't think the Rams really need anything added to their their backfield right now although you know you can always upgrade you can always get better I just don't know that CMC and the price that the Panthers want
1: for him is something that the Rams are going to be interested in doing no absolutely um I will shout out before I move on here that apparently the sports score bot is losing its mind. I uh, can't figure out who who got the field goal. <laughs> um, that's okay, though. Uh, I will say Robbie Anderson uh, is no longer part of the Carolina Panthers, uh, and that is not surprising after the, the situation they had on the field yesterday. Actually, what surprised me the most is how quickly that happened. Uh, So, for those of you who don't know, he got into an argument with the position coach on the sidelines yesterday, and Steve Wilkes just sent him to the locker room, said you're done. Uh, We wake up this morning to news that he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals, who may have lost Hollywood Brown, but are now, I think, a net plus one between D-Hop and Robbie Anderson, uh, getting them both this week.
0: In fairness, you know, Robbie Anderson's never really shown anything helpful uh, you know, granted, he was with the Jets. Uh, and last year, though, he just he didn't ever help Zach Wilson. And I don't know how much you can put that on a rookie quarterback versus how much of it was actually just Robbie Anderson wasn't he, working. I He's I'm shown clear, flashes obviously. like
1: there there are spots where he has shown flashes, but he's never been consistent.
0: Well, DJ Moore's shown flashes, too, and Panthers fans yep. are getting fed up with him. Yeah, uh, Fantasy owners especially are getting fed up with DJ. DJ But that's a very different discussion. So I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. He's going to step into a position where he is going to be a for sure number two. And if Hollywood Brown is not out for the season, which is what people thought initially, although recent reports have said he'll likely be back by the end of the season. I don't even know where Robbie Anderson fits onto this team with Hollywood Brown back. I mean, maybe he's a two and you slide Hollywood into a a slot position there, something like that. I, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot more value being placed on Robbie Anderson than is probably due to him based
1: on his, uh, his career performance. No, absolutely. Uh, All right. Going to move on down. We got another injury news and surprise, surprise. Carson Wentz is injured. He's out four to six weeks with a broken finger, uh, which means we get the return of the Heineke. Yeah, first off, we're going to
0: backtrack a little bit. And yeah, Anderson did have some heat in New York. Uh, Yesterday was awful. And I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with his third team here going to the Cardinals, where, again, he's not going to be the number one receiver, as we just said. Is he running out of time? Absolutely. I think that's that's absolutely valid. That's from Mike Tackett there on Facebook. Uh, as for the Washington commanders and Carson Wentz four to six weeks, broken finger. And he was still able to help beat the Chicago bears on Thursday night football. I, I'm not shocked that he's out. I'm curious to see what Taylor Heineke is going to be able to do for the commanders, because if he comes in and is the the shot in the arm that this team needs to start performing, they they're missing a lot of pieces on defense. Don't get me wrong. I think that's holding them back more than anything. Definitely more than I think Carson Wentz was holding them back. But if Taylor Heineke comes in as he's the hot hand, he starts winning games, you know, or being competitive in more games than what the Commanders have been in. You got to start wondering: Is this the end of the line for Carson Wentz?
1: I it it's got to be at this point. Uh, although, again, he he too has shown flashes, and everyone needs a a solid backup at this point. But I think his time as a starter is coming to an end in the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Rams, they just lost their left tackle for the year. Uh, Joe Noteboom is out towards Achilles, and this is probably the worst news the Rams could get because they have been struggling on that offensive front all season. And that's only going to get worse from here.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you know, the next thing here is that Cam Akers is on the block philosophical differences, uh, between him and Sean Payton, which are not Sean Payton, Sean McVay killing me, killing myself. Too many Sean's, too many McVeigh's, McDermotts, all that fun stuff. Sean McVay, Cam Akers, Rams coaching staff, philosophical differences. Um, if I'm going to read into that, I'm going to assume Cam Akers said something similar to what Jared Goff said that found him ending up in Detroit. Although I'm nothing official, not going to officially speculate on that either. There's there's a lot not going right for the Rams right now. There, it took them way too long to get going yesterday in that game. And I, I have a lot of questions about the defending world champions
1: uh, going through this season. I, I do, too. Um, the only thing I'm going to say, and we'll get to this a little bit later as well, but uh, I told you guys to sit in this week. I called it. <laughs> uh, additionally, the Rams are also reintroducing their suggested rule change. I don't know if it was last year or a couple years ago. Uh, that will allow all personal fouls to be reviewable including, but not limited to roughing the passer. I'm going to take this a step further. Uh, and in a case where this would apply, not only was the sack on Tom Brady uh that resulted in a roughing the passer call, but then the subsequent kick that Tom Brady did on, on, I think it's Grady Jarrett
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that got Tom Brady fined, but was not flagged in the game. Uh, yeah. That is the type of thing this is going after.
0: And it, it absolutely should. It's absolutely ridiculous that, the NFL sees their referees as infallible because that's really what this all comes down to. And I get it. The challenge rate against pass interference, whether you like it or not. And I honestly, though, this is where a lot of my tinfoil comes in whenever anything involved in the NFL comes up because their success rate was so high on those challenges that they got it right. When to so many people, even, you know, Gene Serator and other guys on commentary saying, I have no idea how this isn't called pass interference. Even after review, this happened multiple times. Yep. At least I think it did. At least it did in my it head. <clears throat> so the fact that the NFL has this image that their referees are infallible is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, college reviews every single targeting call, period, dot. They will stop a play to review if there was targeting that wasn't even flagged. College is perfectly, like, and, and that's the thing, like, You can sit here and say all these rules are about player safety, but then you don't want to take those steps to show us that it's about player safety. College has done that. The NCAA has done a fantastic job of that. And is it still irritating? Yes. Do they still miss it? A hundred percent. But at least they're willing to go in and every single time take a look at it. The NFL's reluctance to do that, in my opinion, is hurting a lot of people's trust in their product.
1: And and I will say that the reason the NFL doesn't like reviewing everything or reviewing every penalty call or reviewing every personal foul, their big concern is pace of play, because I don't know if you've seen this with NFL reviews, but even clear touchdowns that are automatically reviewed, they take forever and they don't need to. Um, but well, you know who that's... else? I'm going to say, you I've know, who else. Pull... I've got a whole
0: other issue with all that, but let's keep the show moving. That's a different discussion for a different
1: day. I was going to say, you know who else thinks that the NFL's referees can be wrong? Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, who they send out, apparently they send out to all the head coaches and coaching staffs every week, a video that defines a rule and takes out specific plays and says, hey, this is why this was this, but this one wasn't, right? Uh, So Mike Vrabel being Mike Vrabel, who is a very intelligent man, by the way, Uh, hit reply all and said, hey, what if we uh, stopped making these videos or we could continue to make these videos, but uh, we also asked the refs to read the rule book and be more consistent in their their calls. Reply all on a league-wide email. And saying what needed to be said is the big thing there. You love to see it.
0: Man's got that Air Force energy. Um, I've oh, seen plenty of Reply All emails in the Air Force, <laughs> and uh, Reply All. I imagine when everybody kind of saw the when everybody saw this Reply All from Mike Bravil, they had the same opinion that I have when I see those, like "Oh shit!" And then they read it and they went, "Oh shit!" So <laughs> <clears throat> this is this is awesome. Uh, props to him for finally saying it. Will he get in trouble for it? I don't know. Especially now that it's this public. If he gets fined or something for that. I'm just, I'm just yep. gonna stop. Let's go to the next Titans story
1: here. All right, this is another big one here. The Titans have been asking for a while. They have come to an agreement with the city of Nashville. They are getting a new stadium. Uh, it's going to be just east of Nissan Stadium. They're expecting 800 million in private funds from the Titans themselves. Uh, they're expecting 500 million in state bonds, which means you're going to get another billion. Uh, actually, about 900 million additional. Uh, in private investment for this, uh, unless – oh, I read this wrong. All right, and then they're uh, increasing the tax rate on hotels by 1% in Davidson County, which is what should make up that additional $900 Yes, yeah,
0: it's, it's absolutely incredible that they're going to be building a new stadium, uh, but it needs to be done. There are issues with their stadium that have been highlighted by fans and others around the league, and it's I love to see them actually getting it done as opposed to just trying to put lipstick on a pig and claim something awesome about the stadium that may or may not actually be there. Yes, there was a touchdown. Russell Wilson is playing like Russell Wilson. It's kind of crazy, and uh, uh, the
1: Broncos take a 10 nothing lead. So I, I need to ask this question. Why is it that Tennessee, who has some notable issues in their stadium, gets a new stadium, but FedEx Field, which is literally pouring sewage onto its fans, not in talks for a new stadium yet?
0: You want, you want to know why? Dance. No. Night, that's why.
1: <laughs> All right. This one's going to hit you a little close to home, Ben uh bill belichick has tied george halas for second all-time in wins oh my at, at the head God. coaching position uh 324 total ben you know who they play next week right how did you just pronounce his name halas would you prefer me to call him the bitch's dead husband
0: For one, it's her dad.
1: Okay, I tried, man. I tried.
0: For two, it's George Hallis. Whatever. I said
1: what I said. I'm going to stick with it. So. I'm just saying, if there's ever a game for Chicago to win, I would appreciate it if you won this one. Defend Mr. Hallis. Here's the thing.
0: The Bears have enough talent to compete with pretty much every team. That's been my assessment so far. I don't know that they have the talent to win games right now, and I think that extends to the coaching staff. I think that you have a first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, can't remember if it's a first-time defensive coordinator as well, but you just you just don't have the talent to overcome deficiencies anywhere. You don't have the coaching talent to overcome to overcome Player deficiencies—you don't have the on-field talent to overcome coaching deficiencies. We're starting to see strides made uh, in the running game and the passing game from Justin Fields and his uh, his playmaking abilities, his play as a quarterback in the NFL. We're starting to see strides made there. Uh, unfortunately, we're not seeing it as much on the offensive line. There are some, there are definitely some positives, a lot of negatives as well, and then the receiving core is just laughable. I mean. <clears throat> maybe I'm maybe I've been wrong about Darnell Mooney being a future number one receiver for a team in the NFL. Cause he certainly doesn't look the part for Chicago right now.
1: Can we talk about how there's three undefeated quarterbacks in the NFL right now? They're Jalen hurts, Zach Wilson. <clears throat> and Oh yeah. Bailey Zappi. I'm going to be real upset. If Bill Belichick really found another diamond in the rough in the seventh round, you know, who won't be. <laughs> Bill Belichick and the in Rob Kraft.
0: Well, that and Doug, Doug will be pretty excited too.
1: Oh yeah, Doug loves Bailey. I mean, the zapping is happening. So, all right, I'm gonna move on. We have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Miles Garrett is now the new franchise leader in sacks. Passing linebacker Clay Matthews Jr., who posted 62 at the Browns from 1982 to 1993, and I believe 1982 was about the time they started tracking individual sacks on defense um it's a big step for miles garrett we all knew it was coming but this is a massive step for him
0: yeah absolutely i mean everybody kind of saw this coming so to speak you know we all knew that miles garrett from the time he was drafted was going to be an amazing football player and it's great to finally see it coming to fruition here for him especially for the cleveland browns and this organization
1: absolutely needs it can we talk about how russell wilson's playing madden on rookie right now he's 10 for 10 for 116 and a touchdown
0: uh, yeah let's let's not <laughs>
1: all right and he then finally, he
0: finally got it sorted out let's let's just say that
1: uh finally uh, for the Browns, Joe Hayden signs a one-day contract to retire with the franchise who drafted him. Uh, he was drafted number seven overall in 2010. Ben, we bring this up every time. Is Joe Hayden a Hall of Famer? No. All right, fair enough. Uh, and then I do have news for Miami. I want to bring this up because we've talked about it previously. Uh, on Friday afternoon, both Teddy Bridgewater and Tua cleared concussion protocol. Teddy Bridgewater st- uh, didn't start, but was active for the game this weekend. Tua was not, but all signs are pointing to Tua being active on Sunday night football against the Steelers. This is a huge step for Miami, the Miami Dolphins because that offense honestly has not looked the same since he's gone out.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is big, and this is something that I kind of said from the beginning that <clears throat> taking a little bit of extra time and being cautious with Tua – It's something I wish that would have happened from the beginning, especially when you're going from a Sunday to a Thursday night game. Uh, That's something I've been very vocal about from the start here. A little puzzling that you want to take that extra step uh, and not let him play this week, although I appreciate uh, what they did there as well. You had two other guys that were also able to go. Teddy Bridgewater, who does not have a history of concussions, not that Tua did either. Uh, But Teddy Bridgewater, who was also going to be available to play. So take the extra time to let a guy that had two
1: concussions in four days rest. So so the big thing out of this one, too, uh, is number one. The reason Miami did not dress him is they weren't sure when he was going to clear concussion protocol. uh, So they weren't really ready for it. Uh, He actually practiced in full on Friday, which is a no contact practice, but it's worth noting. Uh, And then. He also went above and beyond the NFL's typical concussion protocol. He flew to Detroit and Pittsburgh to get opinions from other neurospecialists um, who are focused in sports concussions. Uh, they cleared him. The team's doctors cleared him. The independent neuro neurologist that they put with the teams each week cleared him. Like He was cleared four times on Friday, and the team was like, hey, we weren't planning on it, so we're not going to address him, which I respect that.
0: I definitely think it was the right move, too. So,
1: Props right. to the Dolphins. All right, let's get into our picks of the week. Uh, yeah, it was another ugly Thursday night game. We're coming to uh, expect those. Uh, I have nothing more to add to it. Yeah, I, I think it's good to just leave it there. All right, the Eagles pull out the win against the, the Cowboys last night. Uh, I think it was 21-0 at one point. The Eagles really did a job on this.
0: I stopped watching after halftime um, because it was just an absolute rout. And then I get a text saying, oh, it's 17-21. I was like, well, what the hell? And then as soon as I get up to go sit back down and watch the game again, oh, Eagles just scored again. I was like, never mind. going <laughs> to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh Apparently there was a fight too. You love to see that in a an old school rivalry like this. It's still alive and very much well uh, going into this season when the two teams are kind of ships crossing in the night. You know, I, I think this is best case scenario for the Cowboys. Definitely for uh, uh for the coaching staff out there. Yep. Because Cooper Rush finally lost. Right. If you ask yep. me, t- going full tinfoil here the only reason Dak Prescott was day to day and not the active starter was because how do you explain starting Dak Prescott and potentially losing his first game back when Cooper Rush hasn't lost yet right i feel like yeah. if if Dak is good and they had put him in to this game and they lost you have opened pandora's box for so much shit you don't want to fucking deal with yep
1: no, that hundred percent, and I think we are going to see the return of Dak here in a few, at the very least in a few weeks. Um, either way, the Eagles, the Eagles are uh, insane right now. Uh, their defense is just all over the place. It's hard for anybody to compete with them. I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters, and that there's no anyone sketching them. Uh, I do think they drop one this year. I just I don't know when it is right now.
0: It might. It very well could be to Dallas in Dallas. Yep. That wouldn't surprise me if they split this
1: one. All right. Moving on down. We do have Monday night football. Quick update on that. The Broncos are up 10 to nothing. Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson of old. I guess that shot in the arm really did wonders for him. Uh, We'll see if they can keep it up and if the Chargers find their own rhythm here.
0: Yeah, it's uh, this does not look like the same, Broncos team that we've seen the past couple weeks weeks has just struggled to do anything. Uh, this looks like a very well put together team and they look well on their way to a, uh,
1: to a win this week. Yeah. We'll see though. Maybe I'll jinx them. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our games of the week. Man. I almost, I almost swept this man. Yeah,
0: you did. You did, but the Giants fucked it all up for us. So my game was Jaguars-Colts, and this really did end up being, looked like it was going to be a runaway win for the Jaguars. The Colts showed some fight at home. We're able to come back and battle and win this game. Man, the combination between James Robinson and Travis Etienne out of the backfield for Jacksonville is deadly. Unfortunately, it was not enough for them to get it done against the Colts. And uh, the, the very hot, very, very, very hot pickup on the fantasy wire, Deion Johnson Jackson, if I
1: remember correctly, uh, he had a huge game for the Colts. You, you love to see it, man. You love to see it. The Colts really do know how to use that running back. They really do have a great offensive line out there. I know it doesn't seem that way because Matt Ryan's getting sacked all the time this year, but I don't know. They're still a pretty good offensive line, especially when it comes to run blocking. Uh Doug took the Cardinals at the Seahawks, and his one comment is LOL because that game was laughable. It was ugly. Uh, but the Seahawks pulled it out. Uh man, the Cardinals desperately need D Hop back, and they're getting him back this week. So this is going to be huge. They're getting a fresh legs, DeAndre Hopkins back. This this could turn their help turn their season around.
0: Not only are they getting DeAndre Hopkins back back but they don't have to face geno smith again he is he's really coming to his own and i love seeing geno smith succeed
1: yeah that takes us to your
0: game though man
1: man i said if i wanted to see if the giants were legit or not and i they're legit man uh i know the ravens have had their struggles this year they've dropped three games in ugly fashions including this one um but man they're considered a contender for at least the AFC North, if not the AFC, like we were all talking about it at one point, Lamar is red hot across the board, and they still can't pull it out. I don't know. Brian Dable might actually be a miracle worker down there in uh, New York. They might have got a good one.
0: I think that's ultimately what this comes down to because the Ravens, in my opinion, are the better team. And I I think that the Giants, I, I I'm – I'm amazed that they're doing what they're doing. You know, uh, when I talked about the Bears, I said lack of experience at coaching uh, or lack of talent at different positions all around the field. I feel like the Giants, with the exception of Saquon Barkley, have that lack of talent across many facets of this team. Yet they are looking like a very well put together, well-run football team. And they were able to squeak out a win against, in my opinion, a
1: better opponent this week you got to give you got to give credit to Brian Dable here. Absolutely, you absolutely do. Uh that brings us to our updated pickums. Ben, you are 12 and 14 riding with the Chargers tonight. Doug is 11 and 15. He really tried to make up some ground and and uh went with some uh less conventional picks and it kind of came after him. Uh but he's riding with the Broncos tonight, so we'll see how that goes. And then I'm sitting at a chill 17 and 9 riding with the Chargers tonight as well
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: all right hey let's uh let's push on over to our fantasy forecast how'd we do this week
0: uh well as far as receivers go it's it's a push here michael Pittman, 13 receptions 134 yards no touchdowns 13.4 standard points and 26.4 on the ppr side He did not start this game off hot. This was a lot of second half production here from Michael Pittman and got it, you know, tip the cap to him. Uh, He was able to find space. If he, if he'd have gotten a touchdown, this might've been as bad as I possibly could have gotten with a sit call this season. Um, Definitely laughable and memeable if he would have gotten a touchdown. Yep. At the same time, Gabe Davis Uh, Three receptions, 74 yards, and one touchdown that really saved my bacon on a start here. 13.4 standard, so he tied Michael Pittman there, although in PPR, only 16.4 because, well, he didn't have the receptions, right? So, again, you know, that touchdown really saved my bacon the same way that a touchdown for Pittman would have killed me. So, it is what it is. Uh, If you, going forward, both of these guys definitely worth a start. Uh, maybe you don't have to look at the matchups as more for Michael Pittman because, like I said, he was able to find ways to get open
1: and make plays. Yep. All right, I'm here to tell you this is the most home run hit I could have on the sit uh, ever, to be honest with you, Uh, because there were no reports of any injuries, no nothing, and then all of a sudden on Sunday I get a notification on Sleeper Cam Akers is out versus uh, whoever the Rams played. It was the Panthers. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, uh, and then the report started coming out about those philosophical differences. Look, this, this is a tough spot, especially if you have Cam Akers in a dynasty league like I do, because you know he's got talent. He's a young guy. The question is, do you keep him in wait to see where he ends up? Or do you send him out on waivers to fill a hole? Uh, I, I don't have that answer for you, and I promise everyone I do not have Sean McVay on speed dial. I did not get a lead on this story last Thursday.
0: It'd be uh, a lot cooler if you did.
1: It'd be a lot cooler if I did, though, wouldn't it? Uh, Speaking
0: and the- of LA, before you get to the next to your start here, where you did fantastically, I might add. Little score update for our audio listeners, so you have an idea of when we are live. So hopefully, you can join us live on Twitch or Facebook. Please, please just do it on Twitch, though. Uh, in the future, the Los Angeles Chargers just scored. It is now 7-10 to with 9.09 left in the second quarter.
1: All right, this next one's a little bittersweet for me because I was shocked for the entire game uh, because Miami actually had Dalvin Cook bottled up on the ground for the entire game. At one point, I think he had 11 rushes for like... No, he had 10 rushes for like 20 yards. I'm sitting there going, there's no way Miami just held a top-end running back. And then Jalen Waddle fumbles the football. And then Dalvin Cook takes it 53 yards to the house for the dagger. And this was the most bittersweet thing for me as a Dolphins fan. On the one hand, I was sad because my team lost. On the other hand, I was a little happy because, well, I hit on both my start and my sit of the week. Uh, honestly, Dalvin did not look fantastic all game. He probably had you in a hard attack if you were relying on him to get points. But those touchdowns, man, they're worth good points, and and they save you, and that's what happened here.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook seems to struggle against teams that have great interior defensive linemen because he has nowhere to go. He's not able to to make a hole. So it's interesting that the Dolphins were able to apply that same pressure uh, without really having that one standout interior defensive lineman. So hats off to the Dolphins uh, for being able to contain him as much as they were this past week. That, however, is going to do it for the NFL portion of the show. Uh, to keep you all updated, so far, our fantasy projections, we are uh, 14 and 10. So, once again, you know, ride with us if you want. Shade us if you want. You'll probably be not too bad off either Whatever, either way you go, whatever you do. Now, all I'm saying
1: is we hit more than we miss.
0: We do. I mean, it's, it's not it's much a more. Margin
1: not much more but we hit more than we miss
0: it's a slim margin yep but we absolutely do so now we're gonna move on to uh to cover a few fields and uniforms that we missed from this last week uh when we were getting the show ready that really caught our eye uh one of the uniforms we missed we're moving into college by the way and one of the uniforms we missed i am i was distraught that i missed it on the show last week so i'm glad we're gonna we're going to do a quick recap of some of the better uniforms and fields that we missed. And this is Old Misses Field from this last weekend. And when I saw the highlights on TV, uh, I was very sad I didn't highlight it on Thursday because this is magnificent. And they got the American flag in each end zone and then the Old Miss, Old with the stars, Miss with the stripes. Just absolutely beautiful, classy. I didn't find an actual reason as to why they did this, um, but. They didn't just do this to their field. Not only they wear the powder blues, but they had the old miss that same stars and stripes on their helmets as well. This past week, classy look absolutely gorgeous to look at, uh, hats off to old, to Ole miss. I, I don't say that often, but they absolutely deserve it here. This is very, very sleek to
1: look at. No, it is. The baby blues are nice. I like the, the red, white and blue on the helmets, uh, Yeah, that's it's a nice looking uniform.
0: And if anybody is out there listening live and knows what brought this up for why Ole Miss did this, let me know. Let us know in the comments. Love to hear from you. Torcelli, Torx Adventure Guild, Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Eagles definitely dominated last night. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Moving on. This is the uniform I was distraught over not mentioning this past weekend the TCU Horned Frogs blood uniforms with the red accents in there absolutely beautiful the hype video that came out for this had a bit of a horror feel to it there was a lot of dripping fake blood both off of uniforms hands everywhere it was fantastic I love when they break out the blood reds TCU always seems to play well in the blood blood reds unlike some teams when they break out an alternate uniform for TCU, this is a big deal. They look good. They play fantastic. And they got a big win this week as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit, though. Look good, feel good, play good. 100%. That was almost a tip uh, tip pick by Khalil Mack there. That would have been absolutely beautiful. Moving right along, the Chrome Dome. Doug's favorite, oh, my favorite. I... But the oh, only person God. who loves it more than me and Doug is Tug. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> The Tar Heels breaking out. It looks like it might be a powder blue chrome helmet, which is very interesting. It almost looks just like plain chrome with a bit of a blue tint. So I, I, I like it. I dig it. And, of course, they got the big Tar Heel foot on here, white foot with a little black spot on the heel. Love it. Fantastic. Way better than just having the, the NC logo that they normally ride with. I actually
1: helmets. I actually thought that was an ear hole for, like, the longest. Like, I know it's right next to the ear hole, But just the location of the tar on that heel, it threw me off. It's pretty
0: great. It's easily my favorite uh, North Carolina logo uh, of the bunch. And I believe this is our last one, and it is Youngstown State of the FCS. The Penguins, just an absolutely over-the-top-sized penguin, uh, their mascot there on the sides of the helmet. Love to see it. He's got the Santa Claus hat on. What's not to love about this helmet?
1: Absolutely amazing. I, I love every love everything about this helmet. And how can you not? Even with like even with the pom pom toque on top, man. Absolutely amazing.
0: Oh my god, are you Canadian? The toque? Yes. Really? That's what it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about uh the BDT trench ratings on and off a little bit. Uh, Throughout the year, and if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch, you don't see it in the title. But if you're listening, you'll see it in the title there. It is time to unveil the first BDT trench ratings. Are you okay with this?
1: Are you are you okay? Do you need me to read it? It hurts. It
0: hurts. But I think I got it. We're gonna do it in comparison with the AP top twenty-five. Now, we only release the top ten of the BDT trench ratings to the public for free. So we were only compared against the AP top 10. Uh same way that we've got it for the top, you know, for the BDT trench ratings. So if you want access to the rest of the trench ratings, be sure to head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash BDT football. And uh you can support the show and get access to all of our trench ratings, not just Overall ratings by offensive defense, so on, etc., etc., etc. When Doug comes back, I promise he will be able to explain it a lot better than myself I, or talking.
1: What 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 I will go into is I want to highlight how unbiased these are. Ben, you absolutely despise Tennessee. Uh, Doug absolutely despises Michigan. Uh, both those teams are in our top four. Oh, and Michigan's above Ohio State, so there is no claim that this is bi- has any bias in it whatsoever. Uh, This is based purely off stats and how the teams are performing.
0: Absolutely. But let's start with the AP poll. Number one, we got Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Tennessee. Number four, Michigan. Number five, Clemson. Number six, Alabama. Ridiculous. Number seven, Ole Miss. Number eight, TCU. Number nine, UCLA. And number 10 is Oregon. Compare that to the BDT Trench Ratings top 10. We have number one, Tennessee. Number two, TCU. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Georgia. Number six, Clemson. Number seven, Syracuse. Number eight, UCLA. Number nine, Ole Miss. And number 10, Alabama.
1: So the other thing I'm going to highlight here, as uh, you can see, just like they have in – uh, the AP pool, you can see how much these guys are moving week to week. So Alabama with that loss dropped seven spots. And I can almost guarantee most of that is based off the loss. And then the points against, which really affected their scoring defense, which we take into account. Um, Tennessee, I see however, stayed at number one from our, uh, our last week of unpublished ratings, but also look how close those numbers are. Right. So The BDT rating scale is off of a hundred. The number one team will always have a hundred on our BDT composite rating. Um, TCU is 0.6 off. Not even it's less than 0.6 off Uh, sitting there at a 99. Um, Michigan's right behind it at 97. And then you got Ohio state there at a 95 Georgia also at a 95. Like, and then you get the, the fall off, and you start getting some bigger point differentials between them. So you only have a, a four percentage difference between Tennessee and the number five team in the nation. That's that's how close we have these guys.
0: Yeah, and I I don't want to give it away, but I'm curious where Oregon is kind of getting the love that they're getting right now. If Correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have any – uh, undefeated teams being outranked by Alabama currently, uh, so that you know record does play a part in this. Meanwhile, we've got Oregon and Alabama both ahead of Syracuse. They're not even in the AP top ten. I I will maintain that Georgia should have been number one all season. Uh, they should have never lost that spot. That's not something that they lost yet. Uh, as far as if I had a vote and didn't have you know a computer gonculating all the stats and data for me that is how I would vote personally uh and you know the fact that the trend rating doesn't capture that is fine you know as we talk about a lot on the show teams are very different from year to year I just I'm very interested to see how Tennessee goes the rest of the way
1: no absolutely so Speaking
0: of Tennessee, though, we'll come back to some slides and talk about some games later. But
1: uh, Tennessee, one hundred thousand dollar fine for rushing uh, the field. They only got a hundred thousand. Damn, that must be their first one then, because the SEC ramps it like a hundred thousand every single time. It's it's their first one.
0: Who have they beaten
1: the past twenty years that's been worth rushing the field for? I'm just oh.
0: fine, and if that's not enough, uh, they then took to Twitter to ask for the goalposts to be crowdfunded to be replaced, something that they just replaced earlier this year. So I get probably a little bit of the frustration that came with it, Uh, but then interestingly enough, athletic director of the school found on video saying, don't care. We do this every year. I'll pay for them every year. So I, I don't understand why you're taking to Twitter to ask fans uh, to pay for getting new goalposts?
1: Okay. Um, Hold on, I need f- to spend I need to spend more time on this story as much as you don't want to because I've talked up and up about how Appalachian State took their goalposts when they beat Michigan and put it on the chancellor's doorstep. I mean, at least he could find them. Um, yeah, Tennessee had a fraternity. Shocking of all things. I know. Most shocking update here. Not only did they take the goalpost down, not only did they take it out of the stadium, not only did they take it to Fraternity Row and march down like it was a parade, they then decided that the only place that this goalpost should spend the rest of eternity is in the Tennessee River. They put the goalposts in the river. Oh, and then the other goalposts, the security guards tried to stop people from taking it and it worked its way up to the highest levels of the stadium. <laughs> I This story is am- – a I know it bugs you because it's Tennessee, but take Tennessee out of it. Tell me this is not a fantastic story and why we love college football.
0: That's why I hate the fine as well, though. I mean, you've got yes, over 100,000 people in the stadium. What is the university supposed to do to keep them from getting on the field? Please tell 000, me.
1: When 100,000 000- – people decide they're going to storm the field 26,000 of them are drunk students there's no way there's no way you're stopping them you 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 can't stop it so the
0: fact that I do understand some of it I do because you saw the officials running for their oh, lives that was, after that that was funny too was if you haven't seen that video go look it up the ju- the officials that you know said you know threw their hands up sitting underneath the goalpost. they just took off like they didn't know Where to go, where it was gonna be. I believe
1: it was the back judge and the side judge because it had the B and the S on their backs.
0: I thought it was the B and the F, but either way, it's either way, yeah. Uh (laughs) you know, I I do understand that it's dangerous. Even Saban and Hypel coming together at midfield, they were already swarmed with people. I mean, it was it was pandemonium. I do get the safety issues, but what are you how are you going to control this? The yeah. SEC doesn't offer any solution of how to keep fans from getting on the field. So the fact that they
1: feel like finding the schools is ever going to fix this is beyond me. And then where does the money go? So the SEC finds them, the SEC gets the money. Do they give it to charity? Do they then redistribute it back to the schools as part of their it? It does charity? go back to the schools.
0: It goes into a uh, graduate school scholarships. If I remember right, right. I feel like I just looked this up earlier today.
1: While while you're looking that up again, I will say the funniest part about this is UT Martin, who knows they're about to get their butts whooped this Saturday, supposedly in Knoxville, has offered to host it in case Tennessee can't get the field goal posts up in time.
0: Which would be fantastic, and I would only love more for the Skyhawks to win that game. <laughs> Uh, not just because it would make Tennessee look bad, because it would make Alabama look bad, which it, it, all around would be fantastic. And yes, uh, these fines will be deposited into the SEC postgraduate scholarship fund. So, okay, uh, you know, they, they do something good with it. It's just insane to me that it's even a thing. I, Whatever. But that's it about Tennessee. Thank God. Fuck, we got to talk about them again. Uh, (laughs) Tua Tagovailoa might be coming back this week, but his brother, he might be out for a very long time at Maryland. He's getting an MR on his knee this week. Man, this family cannot catch a break for their kids playing quarterback right now. They
1: really can't, man. I didn't see the injury. I hope he's okay. I hope he he gets himself right. Uh, Man, he was looking so good, and there's rumors that he was going to be better than Tua because he's got a little bit more of that arm strength behind him absolutely and then uh north carolina state quarterback
0: devin leary he is also out with a uh out for the season he's going to be getting some surgery on his pec that sucks that hurts the wolf pack and uh yeah i'm not i'm not going to put it all on uh i'm not going to put it all on him that nc state lost um but it 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 definitely didn't help the way that they lost yeah so, with that, let's get into our games. I guess first we can take a look at the aftermath, all the smoke from the fireworks coming uh, coming out after Tennessee won. I'm, I'm just done with this. Tennessee won the game. Uh, number Hold six, on. Tennessee beat number three, Alabama. What's up?
1: So, the story of this game is the one thing I was highlighting coming into it and why I picked Tennessee. Alabama finished the game with – 17 penalties, um, and most of them coming at the worst times on the drive where Tennessee went to go tie it at 49. Uh, They got a pi on third down and then a pi on a fourth down conversion, uh, basically gifting Tennessee the game tying touchdown. 17 penalties. This is the story this year of Alabama in a very hostile environment. It's why I said they probably would have lost last week against A&M if it was in A&M, uh, if it was in College Station, um. I don't know what it is. Alabama cannot find the discipline. That is the worst, like, the most amount of penalties Alabama has ever had in a game. Not under Nick Saban, ever. Um, I, Like I said, that's why I was looking at Tennessee. Tennessee made a couple mistakes. It looked like Alabama came back and was going to run away with it again. Uh, but then the penalties started coming again. And, you know, blame the refs, but I'm looking at those, and those are legit penalties, man.
0: This is the fourth most points ever scored against Alabama. The first most being another school in Tennessee, Vanderbilt. And then, uh, most recently, uh, the second most points scored on Alabama was in like 1907, 1906. Siwani scored 54 and they are now a
1: division three school. And, and, uh, Oh, uh, what was it? Three, 2003, Tennessee scored 51. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is.
1: All three of those schools are in Tennessee, by the way, that's worth noting. Swanee is in Tennessee.
0: That's just unreal. Auburn was has the third most points scored on Alabama ever a little feather in the cap for the tigers there. Uh, yeah, this is – I wish both teams could have lost. Next up, we had number seven, <laughs> USC, taking on number 20, Utah. Utah what a beautiful out.
1: game, man. What a beautiful game. Uh, I know there's no defense in this game, but, man, Utah went going, was, for,
0: going for two for the win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this – at home, too. Like, yep. uh, normally you want to go for overtime at home, and they went for the win, and it paid off huge for the Utes. Uh, This kind of puts a damper on USC, UCLA, but I still think that'll be a fantastic game. And I would not rule out the Trojans uh, from a potential playoff spot if they can get back on track after this loss. Correct. Who I will rule out, though, is Oklahoma State losing to TCU. Now, this was a hard-fought battle. Uh, TCU pulling it out 43-40. to But it just... I have no faith in the Big 12 this year. You know, normally I, it's the Pac-12 where I'm thinking one loss is going to completely knock you out. Pac-12 has been fantastic this season. Uh, in in all honesty, they really have. So I, I think you got to look at who is the weakest of the Power 5 conferences. I don't know that the Big 12 is, but I do know that the college football playoff voters are going to be leery to put in a team that hasn't been in yet from a power five conference, especially yep. when your cornerstone members, Oklahoma and Texas are playing like absolute dog shit. Keep in mind, Texas has really turned a corner. I'm sure we'll talk about them in a ranked matchup down the line as well, yep. but to start the season, it, it just hasn't been good.
1: Oof. You know, it's, it's tough, man. I think you're right. The Big 12, I think they're out. Uh, I think
0: the Pac-12, or no, I think Oklahoma State's out. I think TCU potentially
1: has a shot. I don't know I, if I get it. I, I don't see it because I don't know what their quality wins are going to be unless Texas comes back up, unless Oklahoma comes back up. Like, you, you got Oklahoma State, but is that going to match the quality wins or the ranked wins that they see via – any of the other conferences in the Big Ten, in the SEC. like I would take Tennessee's win over Alabama, over TCU's, over Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there.
0: Moving on, we got some more ranked matchups. We had a lot of them this week. I took Penn State against number, number 10, Penn State against number 5, Michigan, man, I fucked that one up. Michigan wins 41 to 17. Crazy frog is a massive uh, Oklahoma state fan. It appears because he's just going off in the comments. Stupid defense. forgot how to play <laughs> football. Yeah, that's, man. Sometimes hold on. Sometimes uh, isn't it'd be that, that way. standard
1: big 12 though? Like is... we're seeing it in the sec now, but in that standard big 12,
0: <laughs> that's what I was always told. <laughs> uh, you know, who didn't forget how to play defense. That was Michigan. Uh, and their offense definitely showed up. They're showing why, they were the number five team going into this weekend and why this week the AP poll has moved them up to number four is this is a very good football team right now. I don't know if i put the big 10 completely on notice just for Michigan, um, but everybody, every college football fan should have the game circled more so oh, than the year before.
1: Absolutely. Um. All right, this next one I do have a correction to make because Doug did not realize while he was in Mexico that uh was it Devin Leary was going to be out for the season. Uh so he changed his pick as soon as he saw it. I can verify it was before kickoff, so it does count. So Doug and I get the win with Syracuse over NC State here. Uh NC State's in a rough spot without that quarterback, man. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah, this is the fewest points scored by NC State in several years. I don't have the exact statistic up here, but just a poor performance. I mean, you expect teams to go into the dome there and struggle, but this was this was next level. Only nine points against Syracuse, losing twenty-four to nine. And what's more surprising to me too is NC State has a tendency, a knack, a reputation for being a physical football team, and this is the performance they turn in. I, Man, I I was not tracking how much Devin Leary meant to this team. I'm tracking it now. This is going to be yep. this might be a rough go the rest of the season for the
1: Wolfpack here. And then we were all duped by the Will Levis injury. We all thought he was out. We all picked Miss State and he was not out in fact and Kentucky won.
0: Not only did Kentucky win uh but they beat Mississippi State by 10. Will Rogers did not have the game that he needed to have against the Wildcats. And they go down in Lexington. This is this is a rough look for the Bulldogs. Um, their their season's pretty much shot at this point as far as uh, conference championship talks will go. Maybe they had some hopes and aspirations. They're completely gone now. Um, just just kind of sucks to see. Yep. As far as a Thursday night football update, with fifty three seconds left, the Chargers it, have tied Monday it with night. a field goal. It is Monday night. My day yep. is all messed up. It's ten ten. Let's keep going. Moving on to the FCS, we had an early season one versus two matchup. The Dakota Marker, South Dakota State wins twenty comeback 21. fashion.
1: It was twenty one. No- f- second second in a row.
0: This is their second in the row. They've won three of the last four, if I recall correctly.
1: That sounds about right. Um, so this, but is- no this. This was comeback fashion. Apparently, they were down 21 uh nearing the end of the first half. They came back and scored. And we've all heard the uh, the talks of that momentum swing right before half, and that made all the difference because they came back, scored 23 straight, uh, finished game 23-21. to 21.
0: I love Missouri Valley College football. I love it, man. Next up, we had number 14, Elon, versus number 25, Tied for number 25, Rhode Island. (laughs) That won't be the case anymore because the Rams pulled this one out, 17-10. to You went with the homer pick for no reason. I went with the meme pick uh, for no reason, and it looks like you came out on top here. Hey,
1: sometimes the Rhodey Rams have my back. Not all the time, but sometimes.
0: Uh, I would expect Elon to probably drop out of the top 25 after this loss. They might not, though. We might get to talk about him again to Doug's chagrin here. I Uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i i don't know they might be tied for 25 if we're doing tied and yeah crazy frog i agree but fcs rankings are weird they're not exactly ap because the ap doesn't care enough um so i don't really know how to justify this but they ended up tied and vote so i guess that's how it works
0: stats performed top 25 had them tied at 25 <laughs> that's what we're going Counts. with Last but not least, we had number 17 Villanova traveling to number twenty one Richmond, where the home field advantage seemed to pay dividends as the Richmond Spiders win twenty to ten over Villanova. This is this is interesting. Villanova has had has got, they got a pretty historic program. And losing to Richmond, who also has a relatively historic program. Good game, but man, I am I'm a little shocked. Uh, that we had literally every single upset possible in FCS ranked matchups this week.
1: I know, I love it. It's amazing.
0: And then, for no reason whatsoever, there was also number one versus number two in Division two this week. Uh, I went with Ferris State, number one team at home, and what do you know? Another upset. Number two, Grand Valley State comes in, wins twenty two to twenty one. It came down to a failed two point conversion at the end of this game. Fair State was on a losing streak in the rivalry and went for it. That losing streak continues. Got to respect. uh You got to respect going the going for, it, for it.
1: Yeah, that's 100% the right move. Go for the win, not overtime. Yeah,
0: but again, this is another go for overtime at home. Go for the win on the road. So, I don't know. I guess that's just where I differ in opinion here. That was all Doug's thought there. Trust me, I did not come up with that on my own. <laughs> and
1: finally we
0: get to talk about the games that we picked this past weekend hey,
1: i told you if they won i would do it with you
0: woo pig baby woo pig woo pig. suey arkansas beats byu 52 to 35 doug notes that if he had known kj jefferson was pay- playing he would have taken the pigs And i imagine you're in that in that boat as well doug or tug yeah Easy.
1: no same thing because that was the entire purpose of my analysis on uh I'm picking BYU is, hey, I don't trust Arkansas without KJ. uh, But sure enough, KJ was playing, and I missed it. Uh, Crazy Frog out here again with the overtime comments. Uh, He thought for sure that the Cowboys were going to go for the win uh, in OT rather than take it to second overtime, and ultimately that's what bit them. Uh, So, you know, honestly, I probably would have respected them going for it uh, to end overtime rather than uh, take it into second overtime
0: absolutely Doug took a uh, a group of five game Kent State versus going to Toledo and Toledo wins that one 52 to 31 Kent State roared to a 21 to nothing lead in about the first five minutes then Toledo methodically kept pounding away and held the golden flashes to a scoreless fourth quarter exactly as wild and fun as I imagined is Toledo currently Ohio State's
1: best win? Oh my God, he can't be serious, but he is. No, I think Notre Dame still, I I think Notre Dame still is, but this is as much fun (laughs) as you would expect some action to be out there.
0: (laughs) I mean, Notre Dame beat BYU. BYU's uh, on a bit of a losing streak now too. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's go on to your game here, Tug. What do you got?
1: So I had Nebraska at Purdue. Um, Honestly, Doug was trying to ride the the momentum from interim head coach Mickey Joseph. But, again, I looked at this as, hey, it's Purdue at home. Uh, That's a dangerous place to be, a dangerous place to travel to. And Purdue, honestly, is the better team this year. Uh, They showed that they won. Uh, It was a close game. Honestly, Nebraska is finally putting up points on offense, but they're still losing by one score. Um, so, so there's that Doug's asking, is this going to be a battle between Purdue and Illinois to go to Indy? And here's, here's my caveat to that. Aside from Georgia Southern, every team that's beaten Purdue, uh, that's beaten Nebraska has gone winless since. Um, so I'd be concerned if I were Purdue, uh, when does Illinois play play Nebraska? Because they're they're on the same side of the conference, aren't they? They are. They have a bye week this week, and then we'll play Nebraska
0: on the twenty ninth, so next weekend. Uh-oh. And then, then follow got... that up with Michigan State and then Purdue two weeks after that.
1: All right. All right. So maybe we, we might have a chance.
0: It's it's gonna be interesting. I would love to see Illibuk. For the Big Ten Championship,
1: that'd be fun. That'd be fun. That would be as long as they bring the trophy back for it too. I hope they bring the trophy to Indy. I hope they take my
0: idea and put the bandana, the color of the winning team, uh, on the turtle as well. That would just be be perfect. Uh, But that let's that does it for our picks and games of the week. Update to our records here. I'm sitting at 27 and 31 in dead last. Doug in first place, 35 and 23, and Tug at 32 and 26.
1: I'm just saying, on the whole, we are right as a group more often than we are wrong as a group. Except for me. I said as a group, I didn't individually, it, it can vary.
0: I, I mean, I went perfect on this slide, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, to go to our prospect preview, wide receiver Elijah Cooks from San Jose State was the offensive player Doug picked to watch this week. Seven catches, 140 yards, one touchdown, also only along a long of 39, so consistently high yardage production per catch. This seems like the kind of season he needed to get on draft boards. Let's see if he can keep it up. And if you check out our video on YouTube or you catch us live on Twitch, you can see that we have their uh, career stats posted on the slide when we're talking about these guys. Yeah, he has had some phenomenal seasons, had some phenomenal production, a couple season where it's a head scratcher. I'm looking at 2020, 2017 as a freshman. I get 2020, probably COVID related. And then last year, 2021, probably some injury stuff there as well. 13 receptions, 157 yards, but 157 yards and four touchdowns and 13 receptions is an amazing statistic. Even if, you know, the whole body of work doesn't seem uh, great when you put it in perspective of the season, right? Yep. So, yeah, definitely keep your eye out for San Jose State's wide receiver, Elijah Cooks. I know I would be excited to see him suiting up for uh, for the Chicago Bears next season. And to answer your question, Crazy Frog, before we get there, going into the half here, it is Broncos 13, Chargers 10. And Crazy Frog over on Twitch, I'm sorry, how does a man play six seasons of college football? Well, let's break it down here. 2017, he was a freshman sophomore probably 2018, 2019 junior, COVID in 2020. So he got an automatic extra year. He probably got a medical red shirt somewhere in there. Uh, actually, he had to because uh, this is his seventh technical season of college football here.
1: Or no, no this is his six. This I would be a count. six. So he was probably red shirt in 2017 because you could play a couple of games, but not a ton of games. Uh, 2020 didn't count against anybody's eligibility. Uh, and then the other four seasons do count. So he'd be a redshirt senior COVID plus.
0: Yeah. All all the additional words and that and that plus
1: is up. not a COVID positive, by the way.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Dorian Williams, linebacker out of two lane, four tackles. His play has dropped off since the non-conference slate but he is still on my radar. This is Tug's, or Doug's words here. The beginning of the season was pretty spectacular, so if he can step up and close out the season, he'll be right back to where I had him before. I have a reason, a.k.a. a source I don't fully trust, but I'm willing to give it a shot, to believe NFL scouting circles are still higher on him than online scouting services sites would lead you to believe. Now, now let he's just got say me this.
1: interested. I want to know what that source is. Let me just say this.
0: Tulane is going up against Memphis this upcoming weekend. If Memphis commits to the run, you can expect Dorian Williams to eat uh, and eat up a lot of tackles here. Memphis has one of the worst offensive lines in college football. Excuse me, especially when it comes to protecting the quarterback, they sent him on a few blitzes expect to see him to get a couple of sacks this week as well. Uh, This Upcoming week has a very good chance to be a very shining moment uh, on the season for Dorian Williams, especially in respect to conference play.
1: Yeah, no, this is going to be his chance to really make a a comment or uh, not a comment, but make a statement is what I should say Uh, moving on for the rest of the year and get right back on track. But we won't be watching him this week. We had him last week, Uh, so we'll see what what Doug brings us Thursday. Absolutely. Once again, though, uh,
0: I have nothing for non NFL pro news. Maybe I should. But let's be real. There's been so much going on in the NFL and NCAA ranks. It's not worth taking time away from to talk about it right now. It'll still be there. It'll come around. We'll get an opportunity to talk about it later. Don't worry. I, I promise I'm still digging around trying to find stuff. But it's, it's just not worth it right now, in my opinion.
1: All right, guys, I do have an update. We are not doing a Mount Rushmore. We are still uh, figuring out how we're going to press forward with that. But the next step has been taken for it. Guys, we are live on Discord. I don't know if you've seen it throughout the show. Uh, It is scrolling across the bottom. I have added it. It is an ugly link. It is not simple like BDT football. We are working on getting there too. uh, But I will definitely paste this in the descriptions for all the videos uh, and the audio uh, for you guys out there. I expect there to be a Mount Rushmore draft room or something of that like uh, over time. This is still a work in progress. We are just at a point where we're comfortable bringing everybody in.
0: Absolutely. So I look forward to getting in the discord with everybody, having some conversations with y'all and letting you see how our draft process, if you want to call it that goes in regards to picking our Mount Rushmore's here. So that's, about it for the show. You know, normally I do a, a snapple fact on our Monday shows or earlier in the week shows, but I want to end the show this week uh asking for some prayers for my brother Steve Gill. Uh he's in the hospital, been placed in the ER and uh you know, doctors doctors are working. Outlook looks okay. Um but anybody that's out there, uh if you're a friend of mine from Memphis, you probably know Steve. Uh, and if you don't Trust me, he's a fantastic guy. He's been working his ass off. And, uh, you know, Steve, I I hope you get well soon, buddy.
1: Hey, my thoughts and prayers are with you there, Steve. Uh, Get better. I know what that feels like at least to a degree. So, seriously, get better. But that'll do it.
0: Tug, you've already shouted out all the links. Well, not Um, all of them. I've only shouted out one of them. Go ahead with the rest of them.
1: All right, guys, if you're thinking about us, think about BDT football. You got patreon.com slash BDT football, twitter.com slash BDT football, facebook.com slash BDT football, instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDT football.com and mailbox at BDT football.com. Again, our YouTube and our discord will also be linked in the descriptions below. They are just too wonky to read. Uh, and yes, guys, I have ensured that that discord invite is a permanent invite link, uh, Cause I've jacked that up a couple times in the past. So that will never expire on you. You can click it at any time and be good to go.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. If you're listening to us or watching us on Facebook, please, please, please go to our Twitch. Uh, very soon we might not be live on Facebook anymore. So please, please, please go over to Twitch. Give us a follow turn the bell on so you know when we're going live there
1: and uh, we look forward to seeing you all later in the week absolutely and all right ladies and gentlemen that is all the time we have on the show today thank you for watching or for listening and just remember you can't win a game if you can't win in the trenches